0: This is a honky tonk man, the greatest intercontinental champion of all time, and you're listening to the Wrestler Review.
1: Yes, yes. Ladies
2: and gentlemen, welcome to The Wrestler Review. I'm Dylan God.
1: Ooh, I'm John Hastings, and today we're talking about a man who would have been the higher power, supposedly, even though I have no fucking idea how that ever would have fucking one ever (laughs) gone out at all. It's Christopher, the fallen angel
2: Daniels. How great. So, well, why don't we fucking start there? They were going to have a higher power that The Undertaker had always been talking to, the guy who basically, the urn, all that shit... And there were so many people that they thought they might do it. Apparently, it was supposed to be Christopher Daniels. I don't
1: believe it. I don't believe it at all. It was. Yeah, me it neither, sh- man. It was.
2: I don't believe it at all. I think what it is is they still can't
1: say that it was going to be Ric Flair because if they did, it would show that Ric Flair was openly negotiating with the WWF when he was under contract to the WCW because that was all around the time that he potentially could have been brought in, a time where they could have brought Hogan almost also almost came back in that moment. And it, like either one of those people would have been it would have been fucking like WCW would have been
2: fucked in the neck if that had happened. Um instead, for some reason Yeah, and once again Go ahead, Dylan. Oh sorry, I was just gonna say it is wrestling so it doesn't need to make sense. I just need to make that point. Oh yeah, no The higher power was the guy he beat. When he first came in to the and had a blood feud against why because we signed him fuck well, this you this is the like, yeah, that's, that's why it's the baby.
1: attitude era so they could have been like why because he likes women now oh my god Hollywood Hulk Hogan in attitude era WWE would have been in like Vince McMahon would have fucked Brooke Hogan in the middle of the ring there would have been an an entire forty five minute block Vin, when Vince Russo was being uncaged Vince Russo in the WWE. Like literally Hulk Hogan, they would—they call him Hulk because of his dick, and he would have been coming on people. Yeah, or na- Nate, <laughs> the Attitude Era, like it would have been insane.
2: Yeah, he would—he t- instead of leg drop, he would have just taken his dick out and then just fallen on the guy dick first, and that would have been his new move. It his finishing
1: good. move was just showing a video of him actually fucking people's
2: wives, and then he would just go, "Wait, wait, wait! I'm actually you, baby." Hulk Hogan with a sit down interview uh, with The Rock explaining why he doesn't like them and it's not because of his personality. Let me explain to you why I don't like The Rock. It's because of his dad's skin color. <laughs> there you go, baby. Ma-ma-ma-ma-ma. But instead, they claim
1: it was Christopher Daniels, a man who is so unfun. His idea of fun is dressing up as a, a spice. The I- the idea of spice and calling himself Curry Man.
2: Th- th- here's the thing about Christopher Daniels. He is such a good worker that the character has never really changed at all. And so that leads him to being Curry Man. That leads him to being Suicide for a short time in TNA. Oh, yeah. It's weird um, that we've never just really
1: discussed Suicide on this show because it's the best thing that wrestling ever did. Hey, we... You think oh, so? Be- oh, absolutely. We have a video game. We need to promote that video game. Do we get ads for that video game? No, you fucking idiot. We just have this wrestler be a wrestler. Get me Shawn Michaels' nephew.
2: It's so good. Uh, Aki Man, it'd be like if they, to promote No Mercy, they would have had Aki Man. Oh. Come just be, start beating down the job squad. Oh, at- that would have been in- the w- fucking the best. It's unprecedented. And that game, I will say, that is the worst wrestling video game I've ever played. Which? The worst The, TN- the TNA. Impact Wrestling Game is the worst r- professional wrestling, nay, maybe worst video game i have ever played in my life dylan
1: has played the et atari game that they buried in the desert
2: (laughs) yeah i I went to the desert i randomly dug it up and then i just started putting it in a vcr and was like well this game doesn't even work without tv one star and then i fell asleep in the. this is not an allegory
1: for pedophilia which is what i love because i'm dylan gott that's you you're a pedophile ladies and gentlemen so christopher daniels was born
2: yeah but if i say pedophilia it doesn't take me six years pedophilia because you were nutting halfway through the word you thought no heard.
1: i was not my
2: my sheets pedophilia
1: my dick shaft is dry oh, from cum my oh. dick shaft is dry from cum it's dry no cum
2: has passed through it <laughs> dab it to prove dab it yeah dab Dab my dick dab my dickhead <laughs> You just dabbed his dickhead. Everyone get a visual of what you think John's dick mm. looks like. What do you think when people talk about our dicks, they think our dicks look like? Speaking of dicks, I uh, went on Twitter. I got to say, way more people
1: have been responding saying I'm a cum monkey than I thought would do that.
2: <laughs> yeah, because they're all cum monkeys. The listeners of the show. If you're new to the show, you're a. Cum oh yes. Monkey. If even if you just listen once and don't listen again, you're just a fucking monkey, and you need. Some yeah,
1: gum. understand that the monkey is the cu- is the sponge for cum, and we are the nuts that fill those. Sp- cum sponge is known as the cum monk. Speaking of someone who's a fucking cum monkey, um, Covell, which is Christopher Daniel's actual name, uh, Daniel Christopher Covell, was born in Kalamazoo, Michigan, March 24th, 1971, even though he looks like he's been 75 his entire fucking life. This is the craziest thing about Christopher Daniel. is a Methodist. I went to Methodist college, has a degree in theater, but has been married since college, which he's like the only wrestler who is still married with kids. Moved to Chicago to be an actor, and then so quickly was like, no, wrestling. And is such a good wrestler.
2: Yeah. it's cr- Isn't this a weird window into what could have been for you, John? Because you were a theater boy, and then you were like, you know what? Comedy. And you could have been like, you know what? <laughs> I'm gonna get stabbed by abyss for twenty. Years. I have thought about this because
1: I definitely I knew where Jacques Rougeau held his wrestling school, which was also a place where his other brother sells used cars in Montreal by the DeCary Expressway.
2: Sure it is. It's the best.
1: It's the best. It's the best thing in the entire world. For a time in the eighties and nineties, uh, my friend Mike said, "Oh, you used to drive by there, and he would just be there was just a ring stood up, and he would just stand in it, and you could fight him for like ten bucks."
2: Oh yeah. A, fr- a friend of ours trained uh wrestling with smith hart and apparently the cost of the training school was halved when smith hart found out ryan sold weed that was just weed <laughs> nothing else in it <laughs> what what else do you put in weed <laughs> this is just weed right yeah okay thank god that's how you to was to smoking weed that was like whatever if the wrestler review is an uh, an
1: ever ending soap opera, which it is, one of the main fucking plot points is, what the fuck is wrong with the Hart family? It says something that Bret Hart is the most normal of all of your children,
2: and the fact that you named a kid Bruce in earnest, <laughs> like you don't care about that kid. No, if you're naming you name him Bruce no, th- unless you bought him a tiny
1: mustache and a little thermos. You want that kid to be dead. <laughs>
2: The only guy I know that is Bruce, names Bruce, and successful is Bruce Smith of the Buffalo Bills, and that wasn't the name Bruce. Like he, he just did that because he was born. He was born into being an ex- exceptional athlete. Whereas Bruce Hart, it's like, hey, I gave br- uh, Helen, you gave birth to Bruce Hart. What's that? Oh, it's a lump with a mustache on it. Bruce, that's what. Uh, and
1: Helen, is. I need a, a, a place to put my feet when I'm sitting on the fire. So let's have a baby, and I'll call it Bruce. <laughs> you know, when I was living in a tent because my father refused to pay the rent, so we, we moved into a tent on the property that he claimed was his own. And, 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 and When we used to go into the woods to expel our uh, 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 dirt from our
2: back we call that having a Bruce. That's what he used to mean, Bruce. <laughs> <laughs> How crazy is this, though? Christopher Daniels becomes a wrestler in... 1993 this guy's been wrestling since we were eight. i
1: hated it so when i read that i was like good man like it's one of those things where he has reached this pinnacle where he is he's essentially the rick flair of modern indie wrestling in that he personifies everything that is indie wrestling now which is like you know rick flair was wrestling in the 80s do get drunk and then somehow still be an athlete well christopher daniels is like be serious with a bit of comedy do moves that should destroy your body
2: go home yeah, I don't understand how he's still—he's fine. Working, like he's I mean, maybe fine. like maybe Chris Daniels will take one day, and it's just like that thing where he'll just like he'll take one day off. He'll sit on his couch, uh, hold hands with his wife, and his body will just slowly turn into paper, and he'll float away. Into if the you wind. guys have ever seen the movie Death Becomes Her, that's what will happen to him: is he will just literally
1: fall down some steps, and explode into a bunch of bits. <laughs>
2: So, Chris Daniels, uh, like a lot, he starts wrestling locally. Uh, he, of course, of course, goes to Puerto Rico. And oh, of course. The guy that killed Bruiser Brody.
1: Because yep. let me tell you this about the fallen angel. When you've already been to heaven, you don't mind going to hell.
2: <laughs> he did uh, He did some stints in ECW. Uh, he first comes up with this Curry is Man so in 1996. This is the one problem with six. Paul Heyman ECW. Is it's weird the people that he takes credit in breaking. Like
1: he is still proud that Kid Cash has a wrestling career, wouldn't you be running around being like, "I gave Christopher Daniels a fucking shot"? No, he never mentions it. It's very, but he's
2: responsible solely for the fact that Kid Cash has a has anyone will pay Kid Cash money for wrestling? The sole reason is Paul Heyman versus Chris Daniels, where it's like he's an undeniable talent. Like, look at look at his interviews from uh, Puerto Rico against the Invader. He's two years into wrestling. He's already great. Uh, it's all like he's, it's crazy. He's a finished product. Like obviously there's finer points that get better over time, but he's 75% of the way there three years in when he's what, uh, that's 96, 25 years old. And then you just added 23 years where he's better now. Yes. But he's there, and it's just it's just the politics of the time, and something has always kept him out of the WWF, and that's like it's so, it sucks so it's hard. It's his like, size. Well, no, but it's his size. He,
1: he's a lean, muscular guy, and he's the thing is he missed the window. We'll get to it in a second because he, he did have three years of tryouts, and he was there. What I bet you it is is that he just wasn't. They just haven't gone back to the well. I'm sure that they could have in the same way that a lot of people would think Bobby Roode was never going to make it in the Fed, and suddenly they were like, oh, of course we'll have Bobby Roode um i'm sure at some point they could have or will bring him in but it's also one of those things where at this point now in way wrestling is he's better on the outside because he's not controlled he yeah. controls his legacy his legacy is 20, like is more than 20 years old for fuck's sake yeah He's he's been wrestling 25
2: years he was the old guy when cm punk started wrestling absolutely and he's one of the few indie guys that's
1: wholly recognizable from that fucking horrendous unk tattoo to the type of wrestling boots he wears. Like when I first discovered him in TNA went back when TNA was good in 2004, you see that guy and you're like, what the fuck's that guy going to do? Because he has this vibe of like, he looks like the one goth kid who could beat the fuck out of you. Basically.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And but I found that, um, we'll keep moving on here. Um, just explaining a little bit more. But uh, he goes into this. Is what you were talking about? A couple years of like dark matches, essentially with the WWF. He apparently was supposed to be the higher power for the Undertaker. How great would the higher power have been if it had frosted tips? Oh my God! That's what this guy had. The at frosted time. tips and had to take a stepladder. Tips and a choker. Oh. <laughs> take a step ladder just to he had look at the, to the eye whole time. Oh, it would
1: have been amazing. Uh, it's again the higher power thing. I want to know what the deal. The higher power thing. It's just so interesting that that's what they claim. That's one of those things where you're like, oh, Bruce Pritchard has to be just such a piece of shit if he claims that's tr- like it's just not true whatsoever.
2: Yeah, I mean, maybe it was a way, but I guess maybe like maybe it was a way for them to launch a new character, and especially like with Daniels being as good a wrestler as he was, maybe it's a guy that everyone can beat up while the Undertaker gets away. But then it's like this guy's supposed to be the higher power too. Yeah, it, it, you're right. It doesn't really make any doesn't sense. make any sense.
1: It even makes even less sense that he actually makes no sense that they never went anywhere with this because he was one of the conquistadors
2: oh well I mean there was thousands of conquistadors yeah but he they had been doing the conquistadors since the 80's. yeah
1: but he was part of the great conquistadors in 2000 where uh, Edge and Christian used them as like their goons and they would sometimes be the conquistadors or it was other people oh is the best thing ever also it's very interesting when you think back the conquistadors not that small because Christopher Daniels not that small but clearly it's he's thin Like, he's not a wide guy, and I guarantee that held him back because Vince McMahon would have been like, doesn't look like a star.
2: (laughs) But he's got, he's got, like, what he is, is he's a guy who, look at this over his career, and I'll I'll say it, he's never really said it, but I don't think this guy's ever done steroids because he just has, like, the body of a man that works out, wherein wide torso, kind of weird arms. Yeah, I would agree. Like, he's clearly just, he's a man who does core every day. And then looks at looks at the dumbbells and then just leaves. To, so the dumbbells know I don't need you. Yeah, he's gi- he's 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 gym teacher that gives a fuck body. That's a great way yeah, to put it. That's all he is. He's the te- he's the gym teacher that doesn't 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 say the words change room even. <laughs> he's the classy gym yeah. teacher.
1: You go head to the locker room.
2: Oh, uh, he's also the
1: kind of gym teacher. <laughs> this is a very Canadian high school thing, which is after gym. Did you guys have the open showers? But no one ever showered after gym class? Yeah, of course. Yeah. There was one kid in our school who would shower after gym class every time, and that, I think, is the reason why that kid got beaten up, is that we just have to see his dick every day.
2: <laughs> but uh, here's the, other, but here's the thing about gym class, who, I don't remember this, anyone trying hard enough in gym class to even begin breaking a sweat. Our school was so
1: old that if it wasn't the dead of winter, it was the dead of heat in those fucking buildings my my high school was one of the first buildings constructed in that part of Ottawa and my (laughs) elementary school the boiler kept just blowing up I was there once when it did it was crazy yeah, Madame Dejeuner The boiler just the blew be- it was a, it was the French teacher, and she saw it happen. And you know how teachers are supposed to maintain calm during a fire? She literally just ran out of the school and was crying in the middle of the road. It's one of my I remember being six and just watching that and being like, "That's not how you should be acting.
2: You're an adult." <laughs> yeah, the the line of teachers uh, get. We had a teacher who would just tell. She, it was revealed, was not actually, didn't have her teacher's license. She just lied about it, and she was the only teacher with a nice car. She had an SUV, and everyone else had, like, a Taurus. Wow. Her dad was just rich, and she just lied. And then she would come in and be like, I got so fucking hammered on the weekend," <laughs> <laughs> And then be surprised when no one paid attention. It was like, what, I was just telling you a solid 10 minutes of drinking stories? Now you guys aren't listening? That's, it. That's almost as good as our French teacher, Mr. Gripless. Who may
1: who did not speak French didn't he just showed one of three movies every day, and then um, would tell us to be quiet so the other teachers could not hear him, and it transpired that he did not have a teaching license. He was just a guy who's now a taxi driver in Ottawa, and literally like parents of ours had had him when a young student, uh, like a young man, also didn't have a teaching license then, just lied the whole time and got away with it. What a great man.
2: That's great. That I don't think that anyone realizes how effectively you can just say you did something on your resume and no one will fucking yeah. check. I I did hiring for years for a catering company, and never once did I like call a college or a high school and be like, did this guy graduate?
1: Yeah, but as I remember, we ended up talking on the phone a lot when you were working at the that catering company.
2: Yeah, because they just needed anybody. It was all bullshit. So any catering company you go into, they just need people now, but they act like they will check your references. They don't. They don't care. They need someone to hold a tray of hors d'oeuvres so that Brent Gretzky can refuse them. That's what your job yeah.
1: is. Go stand over there by someone who's vaguely related to Gordy Howe and give him a
2: fucking crab puff. Exactly. Exactly. This is Mark. This is Mark Howe, Gordy Howe's kid. We told you Gordy would be here, but Gordy made up an illness to not be at your fundraiser. Mm. Mark's going to tell the story about that time where Dad walked in on oh, him in the shower and made him j- and just walk. Oh, no. Like, oh, yeah, <laughs> Gordie Howe
1: does seem like he would be a real pederast.
2: I want to see how you bathe, yeah. Mark. Ah, Mark.
1: Wendell showed me how to watch a man do this. Why aren't you Wendell, Mark? He's good at hockey. Yeah, m- why aren't you like Wendell? He's the kind of man who knows how to welcome a gentleman. Dylan and I are, uh, dindle- Dylan and I are of course, reminding you all of the... H- of the hilarious rumor about Wendell Clark is gay. Who was that spread by? Montreal Canadiens fans. Back to you, Dylan. That's great.
2: Uh, <laughs> no, I just want to say this. Uh, no segue here, buddy. Be, 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 But here's something that always got on my nerves. Uh, not always got on my nerves, but did. Um, ECW, they had Christopher Daniels into job a bunch of times. But the thing is, ECW never even gave their guys like pure job matches. It was just like Christopher Daniels wrestles Rhino a couple times, and it's always him barely losing to Rhino with interference from Steve Carino. Like, Yeah, that's but it.
1: that's the problem because that's the problem with ECW is also ECW was so used to not having a deep roster that once it got d- a deep roster, it's like, well, of course, Rhino has a competitive match with um, some guy. We're just Amish Roadkill. Like, of course, <laughs> one of them. Cle- yeah. One of them clearly has a career that will span thirty years, and the other one. Literally was named by someone being like, what do you want to be?
2: I'm Amish. I want to kill you with my car. Amish roadkill. There you go. Like, clearly the reason why Christopher Daniels didn't spend any time in ECW, and the weird thing about being an ECW guy towards the end of it is this, is that if, let's say Christopher Daniels from 1999 to the end of ECW was in the company, so that's 99 to 2001, Uh, he's A, I think he didn't do it because... He wanted to be paid money for the thing he did. And B, in retrospect, it kind of, if you're, so if you're a certain level of talent, then you're always an ECW guy and you'll probably always get booked on the basis that you were an ECW guy. Like, let's use Kid Cash, for example, because we've already talked about him. But a guy like Chris Daniels is so talented that he can get past that. But initially, it's a really weird thing working for ECW because it's like, he could have initially used that to get pushed in a ton more companies Especially, like, let's say up until 2008 when... Because everyone looks at ECW now and the bloom is off the rose. Like, oh, that guy shouldn't be pushing that woman into a pit of fire.
1: Yeah. Stop, threat- Stop
2: threatening to eat someone's face just so you can shit it out. <laughs> That's Rhino, baby. But there's people who made their whole fucking careers off just being ECW guys. Like, because like, Daniels goes and he works in WCW for a bit. Um, right at the end when they were like, look, it's two guys having a match please we no one writes the show anymore just watch it (laughs) yeah he was he was
1: gonna be syndrome which was the guy the higher power of vampiro but then they just canceled wcw which is so good is that they were just like we
2: could do that but let's just shut the company down blame daniels and he he had done so many like not so many but he had done a bunch of like showcase matches of like this is christopher daniels christopher daniels is great Blah, 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 blah. But he what he does is after WCW shuts down, he immediately lands on his feet because think about this. This guy has been wrestling indie wrestling for about six years now. So he already has the contacts to be like, okay, I'll just be fine. So basically what he does is he just gets in the first super indie, which we all know is Ring of Honor, forms the prophecy, mm. and basically uh becomes Vampiro Raven. And that's character, the Fallen Angel, Vampiro Raven.
1: Yeah, he's Vampiro Daniels. Raven. Is he immoral? No, he loves his kids, but he's wearing something
2: glittery. <laughs> yeah. I think the Fallen Angel is a fucking awesome name. It's a gr-
1: it's a fucking great name, and also his moves were fucking great, because it was also one of those things where it was the perfect Ring of Honor type, sort of taking the ECW hydrate of, like, we all know what wrestling is, but, like, best moonsault ever. Fallen, or what is it? Um, Like, what's the fucking Powerball called? Something wing power bomb? Oh fuck me in the fucking head!
2: Oh the blue thunder. He does blue thunder bomb, but he also does the uh, angel wings. Is his angel
1: finisher. wings is his like it's all great high impact moves. Yeah, he's absolutely spectacular, and he's part of the great first era of um, ROH. Some highlights: uh, CM Punk declines an offer to join the Prophecy because they can't have two Raven. They can't have two Raven Vampiros in the same fucking. Uh, they feud with the second city saints he wins the titles a bunch of times he eventually leaves because of the whole tna roh chemise chamazel of basically roh is run by a pedophile dylan got still on board with that and uh nope because at the same time of roh he also debuts in tna where he is fucking great for so long he's so good in tna
2: for so long at first he's he is, uh, sorry sorry to cut you off, but he's like the best opponent for AJ Styles because this sounds weird, but he's just super good and never fucks up in the ring. But the stuff he does, like he can do all the moves he does, but they're not like spectacular like AJ Styles. Uh, I was, I was you know?
1: I literally about to say he, w- he was in Triple X and he feuded with AJ Styles and that was basically the first three years of TNA.
2: And he was in? Sex. Sex. <laughs> sex sports entertainment extreme oh
1: (laughs) fuck you Vince you
2: actual piece of shit but see that's the shitty thing that's the shitty thing about Chris Daniels is like he always goes to I shouldn't say the shitty thing it's the unfortunate thing for him is that he always goes to the place that's gonna pay him the best because he's got a wife wife and a familia but Guaranteed, if he would have a stayed in ECW instead of going to WCW, and B stayed in ROH instead of going to TNA, creatively he would have had such. a i do agree, career. but you
1: have to remember at that point in ROH, like it did look like okay, Ring of Honor is going away. It was founded. It was co-founded by an actual Kitty Fiddler. Like the idea that the idea that Ring of Honor was able to weather that storm is spectacular. And also, at this time, TNA was the super indie. Like, TNA, it's hard to remember. 2004, 2005, 2006, TNA is so good. The three-way dance between fucking AJ Styles, Samoa Joe, and Christopher Daniels is one of my favorite matches of all time. It is so fucking fun to watch.
2: Can I say something that might might be a bit controversial? Oh. Can we put our controversy pop, hats on? <laughs>
1: pop on our controversy berets and get real with you.
2: <laughs> okay, well, here it is. I think we could probably uh, go to break on this because this might spark a discussion or it won't. I'm going to say this. I don't think, by and large, wrestling fans care that much about uh, finding out someone's a pedophile.
1: You know what? i don't think you know sadly (laughs) through the mouths of babes and you look like a giant baby it's 100 percent true yeah no they don't give a actual fuck if someone's
2: a pedophile i I would totally believe that every wrestling fan is like yeah i mean that's bad but anyway i'm gonna go go to the car and listen to my michael jackson r kelly mix which is all i listen to because i don't care talent is exceptional i don't care about i loss. see through the art um yeah no you're 100 percent right i guarantee this is this is what the
1: discussion <laughs> was wait he's a pedophile did he fuck my kids oh wait, i don't have kids yeah it's fine yeah you're 100 well, right. percent it was
2: like one of those things where it's like oh my god that guy that guy wait a minute that guy's a pedophile oh my god and then they watched triple h and evolution and they were like yeah i'll take that uh simon joe and cm punk just had a sick match so i forgive the uh torture yeah. no children. you're a hundred percent right
1: you're a hundred percent right as usual we've exposed another dark underbelly of wrestling
2: pedophiles are fine <laughs> like the only reason i think people don't like buck zoom is because it's so in your face i think it's because they can't remember who buck zoom is exactly like what that guy did what and then Jer- like oh here's a book of here's a book of encyclopedia called jerry lawler's Fenanglings, yeah. and people are like yeah but Man, that Andy Kaufman feud and, like, man, the fist drops so good. Yeah. Have you seen that match he had and with Kerry Von Erich? It's so oof. fun. He got a good job. He got a good match out of Kamala in 94. I don't care.
1: <laughs> yeah. He also, you know, got a good deal on a bunch of women he bought from Thailand. That doesn't make him a good man. All right. Well, we're back after the break. We'll talk about Curry Man. Ooh. Oh, it's time for our break. To have a break. Break. Everyone's breaking. We're broken. Yeah. Not like Matt Hardy, because nice. we're not paying Impact any money. Yay. Go to patreon.com, wrestler review. There's a backslash in there, and give us some fucking cash, you fucking shits so you can decide what wrestler we review next, or to pay us enough money to get a Barry Darso Tattoo. Only one of us will do that, because the other one already has given his body for stupid ideas. Now enjoy the rest of the episode, and if you
2: don't, shut up your fat. Patreon.com backslash wrestlerreview. Please give us so much money.
1: Don't. Fucking correct my commercial. Oh, we're back. And in the break, we were actually discussing show business as opposed to gossiping about Canadian comedy like we usually do. Now, Dylan, please say the point you just said, Um, and I want to get into it. I want to fucking get into it. It's a hot wrestling discussion. You know what I mean? Like when Eric Bischoff and Conrad Thompson get into it on 83 (laughs) Weeks, where Eric Bischoff is once again clearly
2: drunk. I've never heard of someone more clearly drunk in my entire life. I like how he's... Oh, he just, he's like the, he's so easy to hate. Yeah. He's so fucking smarmy.
1: Of course.
2: It's like, this is, I I got, got, until this podcast, I thought everyone was being hard on him.
1: Yeah, no, exactly. When Bruce Pritchard is becoming a sympathetic figure, you really
2: need to look at yourself in the mirror. <laughs> it's true though. Bruce Pritchard seems like a dude you would just sit and have a beer with and it'd be fun. Because Eric Bischoff would just sit, have a beer, uh, you'd offer him a beer and then he'd like look at the label and be like, Oh, this? Oh yeah, I haven't drank this since college and then tell you how business is. <laughs> yeah, no, and <laughs> Even then he though, would explain like a guy with nine failed businesses telling you how to do something is so frustrating. Yeah. Let me tell
1: you the first thing you Need you to be really successful. Make sure you are backed by an old billionaire who's not making good decisions.
2: <laughs> yeah, make sure you have a sinkhole of about fifty mil you can go into before anyone fucking notices anything. Yeah, make the sure. The only reason they do notice is because it's about to have a merger.
1: Yeah, the only reason that they notice it is because the guy from AOL uh, asks, "What's with that tire fire over there?" And they're like, "Oh, that? That's wrestling." shut up um dylan your point was um christopher daniels and it's an interesting one because you would think that there would be a lot to talk to but christopher daniels essentially and this is your point and i completely agree is his whole thing is he's a great wrestler but he's missing a bit of that x factor so the wwf is like
2: fuck him it doesn't get to come i don't think that he's missing a bit of an x factor i think that he's like i do he's a good I wrestler he, but nothing's changed a like he's a road X-factor. comic like he's like us
1: no, he's not. He's missing a I'm bit ve- of like,
2: what do you, like, just like over the top charismes or whatever?
1: You, like, it cut out. I have no idea what you said there, but I'm going to agree. I'm going to agree. Oh, with no it. worries. I uh, agree. Wh-
2: what, what do you, <laughs> like, no, I was asking you, what do you think he has that, what do you think he's missing that makes him like a slam dunk? Because I think he's, I, like, he's one of the very best wrestlers of the last 20 years consistently. It's just that the spotlight's never been on him. He's like, You know, AJ Styles, obviously, just got into the WWE a couple years ago, and everyone was like, oh yeah, AJ Styles and TNA, it sucks that they don't use him better, and then he goes in WWF, and now it's like, for the last three years, oh my god, AJ Styles is the best wrestler of the year, every single year, I can't believe how good this guy is, and I really do think Christopher Daniels is like that, but he's just never gotten the opportunity, nor would he like... at 40 years old even eight years ago he's 40 years old he's not gonna be like i'll go to developmental for an undetermined amount of time and take a huge pay cut for my family because he's got a cool life like he fucking he wrote some comic books um he gets booked you know what i mean he's super reliable we were talking about before the show uh that he's wrestling the green arrow at all in because he's mr reliable and they just know he can have a good match with a broomstick He's going to show up early,
1: do his stretches, call his wife, uh, and then get in the ring and make Stephen Amal look like a fucking million bucks. No, it's absolutely true. A hundred percent true. You are a hundred percent right. Um, the thing with it, though, is is that I don't know what that X Factor is. I don't know what it is. Even when I watch his matches, I go like, oh, he's a great wrestler. But I'm not like, it's the same thing with Kurt Henning. I've never been clamoring. I've never been like, you know what? I want to watch them wrestling. Let me put on a bunch of Kurt Henning matches. You're just excited when they're they're in the ring with someone else who has charisma. AJ Styles, weirdly, has always had charisma. And part of my thing with it is that I was worried when he got to the WWE, it would be a similar case to TNA where it's like, well, here's another place where they're not going to do with him what we want to see, which is him just literally kick the fuck out of people. And instead they do it. And also AJ's old enough that he knows how to play within their little system so he doesn't get caught the way a lot of other wrestlers do. Bobby Roode, for example, I think would be a very similar model to Christopher Daniels, which is they'd come in and probably be awesome and developmental, and then they'd move up to the main roster, and then it just wouldn't work.
2: It, I mean, it's case by case basis, right? Like you can't really tell who the next person is gonna hit and who isn't because it's a lot. It's a lot based on the creative, and it's like the I would be surprised. If you read a book about Saturday Night Live, if like one of these guys, one of the wrestlers who had made it with a company or hadn't made it with a company, like if a guy like JTG had picked up the Saturday Night Live book where they're just the writers just talking and basically put it down was like, that's exactly what it's like to be in the WWE because it's basically like figuring out which writers can push you and making sure the writer that's pushing you isn't is one that's doing well in that room as well. Like, if you have two writers that are pushing for, let's say, JTG or Christopher Daniels in the room, but Vince hates them, then that's worse than no one pushing for you.
1: 100%. It's the reason why Rob Van Dam's push apparently was derailed is because Vince McMahon didn't like Paul Heyman pushing for him to be better, which is so stupid. Yeah. that's Also, by the way, it if is, you right? read Christopher Daniels' victory summation throughout his TNA career, he is so... Like, look at the people they put him with. He wrestles against like he wrestles against so many people that are like, listen, this could be this guy's last match because he just dies from drug abuse like Shane Douglas, Sean Morley, fucking um, Beer Money Incorporated. But mostly it was just the Shane. Du- the amount of times he wrestled Shane Douglas is insane. Yeah, he's just a reliable guy. <laughs> And that's the interesting thing about, like, even Curry Man and stuff like that. Like, they could even, they never even did, like, annoying, stupid, bad comedy with it. They were just like, oh, he's Curry Man now. I don't know. And that's about, it. it's very
2: odd. It's good because he, creating that character, Curry Man, and even later on when we get to Suicide, they have these characters where they, Christopher Daniels, the fallen angel, can take time off, but he's still in the ring.
1: Yeah, he's not having to go and form lifelong relationships with his wife,
2: which is what he hates more than anything. (laughs) But I guarantee his indie bookings are a lot like our stand-up bookings where it's like, hey, I can eat nice food, but I gotta fucking keep doing it. Like, there's no comfortable vacations in Christopher Daniels' life. He's He's never went to Cabo and sat on the beach and thought things are going okay. He's at Cabo on the beach looking into his drink thinking like, I need these six people to respond to these fucking emails so I can drink water in two months. You know?
1: Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, he's literally like, yeah, we own the house for now. <laughs> exactly. I am fascinated with his fa- like his family. Like I, I want to know what his fucking wa- like. His, I feel like his wife is just like, they have two kids. His mo- wife's name is Elisa. Um, he's best friends with AJ Styles, and like, w- like I assume he lives in the south. His favorite character is Wolverine, which is really creepy. But, like, it's just like, what the fuck's his fucking deal? It's so fucking
2: confusing. I think he's just a guy who really likes wrestling. So he's just done it for a long time. And his body's held up. Better than I would say... Anyone else is in the world. thousand percent Yeah, a 48-year-old man, considering, like, not even six months ago this guy did the fucking death match where he was in SoCal Uncensored, you know? Like, oh, your, he does boy, your boy's doing good. Oh, he's, he's done tremendously... <laughs>
1: that as TNA starts going downhill in 2008-2009, he segues back into Ring of Honor a bunch while still keeping his toe in TNA so it's basically like he can be an artist and also keep up being um, paying for his fucking family. As TNA is expanding and they almost become a rival to the WWE and then drop the ball so spectacularly, um, he's going back into Ring of Honor. He then also is going to places like Shikara, and... But is he curry man in chicago or is he christopher daniels in chicago that's what i got confused by
2: um i don't know good well, let's look it up he starts let's expa- talk about no but let's he starts expanding no, into mexico say, uh, and before, now i want to now we'll
1: talk about suicide because let me tell you what a great idea
2: oh i just before we do that we be remiss if we didn't talk about the uh still one of the best matches um in modern wrestling history was the uh samoa joe aj styles daniels uh triple threat match that they put on TNA pay-per-view and it was like TNA pay-per-views essentially would always sell a set number of buys like let's say it's 30,000 and that one sold 45,000 and um then they were like oh that's interesting and then Jeff Jarrett put himself on top again for the rest of his life. <laughs> yeah, like they clearly saw a change in the viewership and they just fucking ignored it. Cause like that's what around 2005 2006 was when TNA act like they were on Spike TV and they're like what differentiates ourselves AJ Styles in the sex division and instead of going with that and making that basically the top end feuds what they did was they which is always weird because like I remember being a casual fan and being like what this in when some guy's like an intercontinental champion or some guys like or some guys with like the worst wrestling federation then I. It sounds weird, but now in my head, I'm like, oh, these guys are worse. Does that make sense? Like, I know that's probably a weird thing to say, but...
1: 100%. Well, it's one of those things where we've been trained that the WWE is the pinnacle. It's the legitimizer. If they're not there, they have to work much higher order to appear legitimate. That match and those three guys made it look like you don't need to be in the WWE to be fucking awesome. And by the way, that pay-per-view was right before they went on Spike TV. They had the decision to go, you're right, we should stick in this lane. This is the way we're going to go. Instead, they go, no, we're going to go over here and we're going to back Jeff Jarrett for no reason whatsoever.
2: Yeah, and the only time, the time when TNA, like, the the matches are amazing don't get me wrong like there's a lot of Kurt Angle Daniels matches that are fucking amazing but they're the matches it's not the storyline you know it's the it's that thing of the glass ceiling where it's like Kurt Angle and Christopher Daniels having great matches but it's here's a guy that we know Kurt Angle's gonna win or we know Jeff Jarrett's gonna win like they're never gonna give it to the guy who doesn't who doesn't have prior success who doesn't have like they, they couldn't just make their own fucking guys and Daniels is a testament to that. Yeah, no, absolutely. And they all, but it's also I disagree. They
1: wouldn't make their own fucking guys if they got behind Christopher Daniels and actually put Jeb Jarrett in an observe observational type role, and then had you know Christopher Daniels and AJ Styles that sort of stuff. They could have pushed it. The wrestling fans would have flocked to that because the WWF product at this time, which we've covered at length, was so fucking bad that a lot of people would have moved over if they'd kept going, but they didn't. They didn't move past this amazing first chapter, which was that match of those three people. And by the way, orchestrated by e. Kent, Jim Cornette, who's long talked about how that was the beginning of the end of his TNA career was when they stopped pushing those guys and transitioned back to Jeff, even though he has a lot of time for Jeff Jarrett, because Jim Cornette's weird.
2: <laughs> but man, it's just weird when they're like, this is our top guy. He beats everybody very easily. He topped out. In the WWF at losing to China. Like, that was, (laughs) that's it. Yeah, that is very, yeah. He is our heavyweight champion. You may
1: remember him from being a guy who said, I'll lose to that woman if you pay me, because I'm a whore. And they were like,
2: yep, you are. (laughs) Yeah, which is bad. It's bad to lose to women, right, John? Remember that guy who claimed to sing and couldn't sing? He's our champion. (laughs) Suicide <laughs> so is the
1: weirdest thing in the entire world. TNA releases a video game that Dylan claims to be the worst video game of all time. I have never played it because I'm not a fucking idiot. And they had a character in it that was just named Suicide, nice. that was just a high flyer. And they just went, you know what? We're going to make Frankie Karzarian, Shawn Michaels' nephew uh, or cousin, I can't remember, portray him. He hated it, so he got injured and then they just were
2: like nah it keeps going and they made Christopher Daniel suicide for no reason and suicide like had this lame ass song that would play during the matches were suicide oh, yeah. <laughs> and then he would uh he would do a bunch of crazy shit and beat long standing characters and they pretty much cut the uh, character off after yeah. the video game was released for no reason Yolo. and then also by the way
1: curry man uh, was aligned with shark boy and they, few, uh, they formed, a, uh, formed a stable called the... What is it? the Oh, Prince Justice Brotherhood. And... Um,
2: oh, yeah. Curryman and Shark Boy were... Uh, they were Akuma Day characters, as if you couldn't tell. Now, Shark Boy was taken very seriously, and he, actually, they brought in Goldberg just so Shark Boy could beat him. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, he, he wrestles a bit as Curry Man just to give the Fallen Angel characters some time off. The other thing was they never treated this is about TNA as a whole, but they never treated any character differently whatsoever. And every character had the same theme song pretty much. Like they all had this weird, shitty techno song. Like, whereas the fallen angel character, like you want it to be, you want, like, if you have a fucking budget, use it on this fallen angel character and make them like, I don't know, a bit like the undertaker or maybe like a Bray Wyatt type thing or something. But all that came out was, uh, is guy comes out in matrix classes and then they, uh, his theme song is ha ha, and then a techno song starts that sucks, and then he comes out I, uh, I, in a choker. Um, cannot believe you
1: say that every TNA
2: theme song is
1: um, the same. When AJ Styles' theme song is one of the fucking craziest things I've ever heard in my entire I am a, you
2: are you are.
1: It's so fucking nuts. It's the most new metal new metal's ever been. <laughs>
2: But it's like, yeah, it's all the same things, and that's the really shitty thing about being in TNA is like, unless you're Abyss, and even Abyss, by the way, especially in
1: 2009 to 2011, is just losing to Raven every day. <laughs> yes,
2: he is. Daniels went back to ROH in uh, 2010. Um, he uh, challenged Davy Richards to a match. Davy Richards, they were pushing super hard at this point. This was also ROH on HDNet era. Um, so Daniels is dipping his foot in in there. He um yeah, I mean Curryman uh replaced uh like Shakara, he does a lot of cool stuff at Chikara like he Curryman replaced one half of the ice creams which is a uh sorry, Lost Ice Creams which is a, a a tag team of uh two ice cream cones in Chikara. And and then he came back to uh TNA in 2011 to 2012 as part of the Hogan Bischoff era where he uh, Yeah, lost he lost to everyone, was everyone. part
1: of Fortune. Which was the weird four horsemen alliance where it's, you know, AJ yes. Styles how he likes Christian hip hop, also he likes pussy even though he doesn't look like he's ever seen a vagina.
2: <laughs> yeah, it was like literally dead bait. Dad shows up and tells you to fuck. Yeah, and then he, was he, he he's
1: in Bad Influence with Frankie Carzarian,
2: which has been the last like six years of his career. And Bad Influence is a like a great great tag team, but once again they're not, like they're given a lot of vignettes on TNA but like TNA essentially for the last 13 years has been year 2000 WCW but no one it just hasn't folded (laughs) so it's like someone's like yeah,
1: no one lets it die it's so crazy like here's the thing that as we're
2: talking about this I was like oh then TNA folded and I was like no it's still a thing like what if your grandma had Alzheimer's for 30 years that's TNA (laughs) it was like Maybe she just doesn't want this anymore. Maybe she wants something different.
1: Nope. TNA is like the Gaddafi government, where you're like, wow, that lasted way longer than you think it possibly could have. And they're like, oh, yeah, no, it was propped up by oil money for a long time, and then it just sort of petered out over a decade.
2: Yeah, that's about right. <laughs> no, that's, yeah, that's exactly the story of TNA. What Dixie Carter's father must think of his daughter, like, she he
1: has to look at her fucking dumb head and be like, you... Fucking cost me millions because of a guy who says bro more than he breathes. You fucking twat!
2: It must be fucking insane. It's crazy. It's crazy. It's absolutely crazy that she's still just hired back. Against what Spike TV said. Spike TV said do not do that. And the fact that like if you're that royal magnate. Oh, it's so crazy. The idea that she did
1: it against the wishes of her television network. The people that were paying for everything were like, we ask you one thing, don't do that. And she was like, I'm gonna just do this one thing. Like,
2: no yeah don't do that one thing that everyone yeah. already hates it's not like everyone was like oh yeah we're on your side like stick with russo like no man everyone hates it <laughs> so 2012 uh he goes back to uh, ring of honor and uh he's doing some singles matches he's also teaming with uh bad influence and he's got the tna titles as well this is right during the era This is first era TNA is definitely going to fold, so they're letting them go back and forth to ROH. And he's really, as far as earning power, had a very good career because he's been allowed to jump around. Yeah, and he's been very... It's also, he's
1: really not gone to Japan or Mexico. He stayed within the contiguous United States for a long time. Also, the idea that Frankie Kazarian is still wrestling is so... Like, I'm just coming to grips with it right now. That and along with the fact that Christopher... the fucking tna still exists it's all fucking insane
2: well impact wrestling uh yeah exists and they're and they're doing uh pretty good they've had their 19th lease on life and they're doing very well but casting like daniels and kazarian have essentially done something that's really really smart for older wrestlers which is oh we used to be able to do triple moonsaults and land on our tippy toes and then do another triple moonsault and now they're like well we're Like, in Daniel's case, entering his legit 50s in a couple years, and uh, Kazarian entering his 40s, let's be a tag team, so one of us can do something crazy at a time. And Daniels, uh, in his later career, has really become a stalwart with uh, ROH, uh, both in Bad Influence, and then they lost that trademark because of Impact Wrestling, um, even though Impact Wrestling gives over every trademark now. And they're in SoCal Uncensored, uh, which is like the ROH introduced like a trios tag team title. And Daniels uh, won the, he won the uh, ROH world title off of Adam Cole uh, a couple years ago, which is like a crowning achievement for him. And it sucks that it happened during, I'm in my late 40s, so I wear a singlet now, Christopher Daniels, instead of... 10 years ago, but he did jump around And it was bit, you know, so. it was time to do it and it's a,
1: it's clearly it was a, you know, lifetime achievement championship title, but it's still very good and he's part of all in and he gets to sort of mm-hmm. see that he is very much the progenitor of this indie wrestling hipster movement. He's very much a part of it, but will probably not get all the credit he deserves mostly because he has a stupid unk tattoo on his dumb fucking chest.
2: What's an unk tattoo for those that don't know? That the tattoo that he has
1: is the sim- that weird symbol that he has. It's an Egyptian unk. It's the hieroglyph, which is a stick. Okay. It's a cross with a, s- a circle at the stop. That's super sick. It's the tattoo he has on his chest that you can't figure out why the fuck he got that.
2: It, w- it It's in an area that would hurt so much.
1: Is that why? Is that what they used to say in wrestling? Because I hate it.
2: What? Th- it would hurt so much? No, that's what I just said just now because I'm super sick at this fucking show, buddy cutting edge observations Um, like i really want to get into
1: quickly um what uh various other things no, no, just Your various other media he's appeared in because his media appearance list is so weird. He is a downloadable character in the video game TNA Impact. He appeared on the as Curry Man on two episodes of the game show Distraction. He made a Chef Boyardee commercial with Jeff and Matt Hardy. Yes, he had a guest appearance on the show Numbers with Tito Ortiz. Yes, he did. He appeared on Crosswords. I'm going to give the second round as a spoiler. What else? He appeared on later with Bret Hart being introduced only as the fallen angel and helped him demonstrate wrestling moves. He appears briefly in Beyond the Mat. He is, Curry Man is in Glow with Frankie Kazarian. He is in 30 Nights of Paranoia Activity with the Devil Inside the Girl with the Dragon Tattoo as Bane from Batman. And he is stop motion animated in Deadpool versus The Punisher in the What The series. It's so interesting
2: well keep this in mind because we talked about it at the top of the episode uh we glossed over it even very much so christopher daniels first and foremost went to theater school and he is an actor so boy's gonna get his money in weird places he's got he's had a 23 or 25 year old wrestling career yeah plus uh plus having like pretty much our friend. yeah he IMDb.
1: is he is the christopher plumber of the carnival my man look at that fucking <laughs> it was lovely um, Dylan, any other thoughts on Christopher Daniels besides the fact that for a man who wears leather, he's boring as fuck?
2: <laughs> I think the best thing about Christopher Daniels is, uh, I mean, the best thing about him is his in ring, obviously. I think he's one of the cleanest. It's so weird because he does all these crazy things, but it's so unremarkable. Like, he does them so perfectly. There's, He makes it look too easy, is what you're saying. Yeah, he, ba- he does everything like... like He's never messed up the best moonsault Insane. ever. And that is like, it's one of those things where it's like, it's, yeah, it's not the hardest move to do, but the fact that you've never fucked it up, it's kind of like The Undertaker's rope walk. Like, you've never, you never messed it up. Like, it's, it's, it over 25 years of a career, it's extremely impressive. It's also crazy. The Undertaker's never messed that move up, actually. Yeah, it's crazy. But like, as far as being like a B, a a, a guy like him, he's like a B, B plus wrestler, right? So. He's just had a really good career, and uh, the worst stuff about him is just nitpicky, because he's he's been in, like, f- legitimate classic wrestling matches handfuls of times, like his matches with Kurt Angle, AJ Styles, uh, he even got great matches out of Sting when he was in Impact, um, he, the obviously the triple threat with him and Samoa Joe, the recent match he had uh, with uh, SoCal Uncensored, I think it was, like, versus the Bullet Club, like, he's always put his foot forward amazingly and his promos with bad influence are fucking great it's just that he didn't do it in the wwe and uh wcw folded before he could really put his foot down what's your favorite thing about chrissy chrissy Dan Dan?
1: best moonsault ever i fucking love that move i think it's so fucking great it's such a nice original spin it also is a move that no one else can do with such consistency you know people are going to try but no one can do it the way he does it's so fucking great
2: Yeah, and it looks so light. It's, like, not heavy. It's, like, it's just really a show of how agile that guy is. And it's one really small thing I really like about it is uh, that you can, like, you go first rope, second rope, and then when he lands on the guy, he's, like, the crowd cheers along best moonsault ever. So it's 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 a great move it's it's and it fits in with his new sort of version of being like you know the elder statesman of
1: the indies but he it's also a move that thus far doesn't seem to be affecting his body much to the
2: shock of all involved i can't even think of a time he's messed up and like need a guy in the face or anything he just always hits it perfectly it's probably because he himself has deleted all
1: videotape footage of any time he's made an error ever (laughs) yes exactly
2: um and the worst thing is, it's like what you mentioned earlier, it's just he's like, it's weird. he's weirdly unremarkable yeah. for being so good. Like, he's just one of those people, and we all know them, they're just really good, and there's nothing to really sink your teeth into, there's no like, there's no drama there or anything, it's just like, oh, this guy's good, and there's no like, there's no, and the Fallen Angel character is weird too, I will say this, the Fallen Angel character is weird because when you, alright, so when you work in wwf for whatever you want to say about that you're in one company so your character is attached to one narrative right whereas daniels is in multiple companies so it's like he's in tna where he's being beaten by sting and then in roh where he's uh near the top of the card so it's like he's two things at once playing two different characters so you don't have that consistency throughout the narrative so it's like the fallen angel tna character was like it was this weird thing where it's like he's a, he was a basic I'm better than you heel, but his name is the fallen angel, and you're right, and he's got the whole gothic look down. So it's like a weird, what would you say? It's kind of like a schizophrenic character. Yeah, no, it's,
1: and it also doesn't align because wrestling fans, especially now in the internet era, know that he's both those things, yeah. so they aren't going to love that he's both those things. So it's going to not make him look as
2: good in both places. Yeah. Great well point, it's one of those though. things where uh like you look at like let's say the Bullet Club now like they're in New Japan and they're in Ring of Honor at the exact same time but there's still consistency throughout those characters like Absolutely. uh when they kicked when they kicked out Adam Cole and they put Marty Scurll in that was New Japan appar- apparently that was cuz New Japan owns the copyright so they own the characters so that was New Japan's choice that was New Japan's choice to put Marty Scurll in after Adam Cole was going to the WWE but it happened in Ring of Honor which is like, so now your now your like world where these stories are taking places is, is bigger than ever, and I guess Daniel's like because he was jumping back and forth at like twenty ten, twenty eleven that type of time, which seems like it's super recently, but it's not, it's fucking eight years ago, so it's like before. I don't know. It's before they just like expanded the story completely. If that makes any sense, I might. That made make no sense.
1: It actually made a lot of sense until you just started just yelling. It made no sense. What I'm gonna say, the worst thing about Christopher Daniels is, Dylan is the unk tattoo on his chest. It looks so bad. It looks you like you go. a shitty mole. He looks like a fucking asshole. I don't like it. I don't like it.
2: It's just I feel like that tattoo particularly and his look of like being completely bald like first of all the complete him shaving his head might be the best thing about him because good lord did he look stupid with balding hair that he was still oh, frosting the disagree
1: disagree
2: really no i completely agree with you he looked like, like an I mean, asshole I just dyed my pubes blonde and i was like you know what he he I'm looks like
1: absolute
2: you you thought you thank marmalade you marmalade merchant me.
1: mate oh boo Earns. i don't care for him <laughs> uh he blows he fucking but that's the thing like if you're hair. gonna
2: be the bald guy with the unk tattoo but if you're gonna be the bald guy with the unk tattoo who looks like you own a uh who looks like you own one you ever go into a town and then just like you can never spot the area but one area you'll just have like a shot where it's like we sell potions i'll cast a spell on you that will make you my dad 100%. now i miss my dad he looks like he wants those fucking Yeah, yeah, yeah that, shops. that's your house it, but like I said, his character is like I'm just generally better than you. Your house is full of dead boys. <laughs> that's you're you. Not fine scene. I'm not. Dylan's a pedophile. <laughs> no, I am not. Is there like an actor comparison for Christopher Daniels? He's like a good character. He's hmm. Like someone here, you're like oh yeah, that is that guy is good. He's Greg Kinnear. No, you know who he
1: is? You know, in the Dark Knight. That's a good. That's a good one actually. Okay, no. No, but this is who he is. That's not good. It's been, no, Garamond's better. You know in The Dark Knight where there's the bank manager who shoots at the Joker and goes, do you have any idea whose money this is? You and your friends are dead. Okay. That actor, He was also the. he's also the cop in Prison Break. That actor, that's who Christopher Danielson. He's been in literally everything. I have no fucking idea who he is.
2: Yeah, he maybe he's like Danny, not like Danny Trejo. Yeah, Danny Trejo is Mr.
1: Hughes.
2: (laughs) It's like, oh, that guy looks intimidating. Oh, he's dead. Like he would be. He's like Mark Ruffalo
1: pre Avengers. When you're just like, that guy's all right, I guess. All right. Never, never acknowledge him.
2: That's good. Yeah, that's good. Well, Dylan, um, that was
1: a really good episode that I thought was going to be really bad. Once again, we pulled it out of the fucking ass and made it great because we're great. Much like your penis in front of kids, we really pulled Um, them. I fucking hate you, and I don't. Don't believe anything he says. I'm going to go eat some pizza and then go do a show because I'm performing at <laughs> the Edinburgh festival and I don't want to talk for the next hour.
2: Check this out. Next week, very, very legitimately so excited to present to you guys. We are finally getting around to do Oh, it's going to be awesome. House
1: bar. I don't even know anything about this guy. I don't know what we're going to discuss.
2: <laughs> we're just going to make fun of his name for a solid 30 and then I assume to. Ta- call the gas station he works at now I think
1: all we're gonna have to go we'll have to go through the etymology of the stud stable oh it's gonna be a great time
2: oh it could just be an entire finally someone does a A Amy biography style look into the stud stable it'll be very good when Robert Fuller then realized
1: that slaves were real he had to get some white people to manage
2: (laughs) that's the end of the show fucking now Fuck you, John.
1: Yeah, go fuck yourself. Fuck you, Dylan. Hope you die.
2: Go to all John shows in the Edinburgh Fringe Festival. I'll be in the UK as of this recording now. Come fuck me and my bot. Bye-bye.
1: One wing of honor celebrates 15 years as the best wrestling on the planet. And one Adam Cole celebrates his third world title reign.
0: They saw me make
1: history. Christopher Daniels
0: goes for the greatest achievement of his 20-year career, while also facing his own mortality. There is no expiration date on destiny. Christopher Daniels, Adam Cole. It's Wing of Honor's 15th anniversary, Friday March 10th, live on Pay Per View. We, we the wrestlers, we, we know what we're in for when we sign up for this. We know what we're getting into. I mean, professional wrestling is the most physical undertaking you'll ever endure. And so we, we understand the, the aches and the pains, the, the, the bumps, the bruises, the sacrifice that comes with stepping through those ropes time after time after time. But lately, there's been a, a tingling in my hand. And it won't go away. I mean, I just noticed it recently, but it's not too far from my thoughts, and I haven't gone to see a doctor about it because and not because I'm afraid of what he'll say, it's because I know what he'll say. So then I, I start to do the mental math. I I take the probable nerve damage and I add it to the the broken bones, and the the torn ligaments, and I multiply that by the pain it causes me every day. And not just the pain, but the idea that that pain never goes away. And soon I realized that the only relief I'll get from that pain is the memory of the life that that I led to got me there, the, the accomplishments along the way And then I have to ask myself, was it all worth it? When my story is being told and my time is up, did I do enough? And the answer right now is no. Not yet. I came back to Ring of Honor three years ago, and my goal was to make the addiction the best tag team in this company, the best in the biz And part of that goal was putting all my other selfish goals aside. So I told myself that I was okay, never being world champion. And I believed that for such a long time. And then the decade of excellence came along. And I I had to examine the idea of being content without being champion. And every round I went through that tournament, I saw that that idea was just a mirage I mean, it was a lie that I told myself that I could get through it, that I could get past it all, but now I've won the tournament, and now I have the opportunity to win what I've never won, and I realize now that I've always wanted it, and this chance, this chance means more than all those other chances combined, because those chances had tomorrow, the promise of tomorrow, if they weren't successful But it's been so long since I've wrestled for the world championship. Who knows when the next opportunity is going to come around? Who knows if I even get a next opportunity? Adam Cole, you don't know what this feels like. You don't know what this feels like. But one day, you'll realize that you're running out of tomorrows. You'll look at the sands in your hourglass and realize there aren't a lot left. And one day that'll be your future. But Adam, right now, that's my present. And it scares me. It terrifies me. Because I've come so far. And I've sacrificed so much. And I can't imagine never holding what I haven't held. And you, you're a human being. You have a mother that loves you. You have a family that cares about you, that depend on you, and it doesn't matter to me because I'd sacrifice you like that if it meant they would hand me the Ring of Honor World Championship. (laughs) And I wouldn't even wipe your blood off my hands first. Adam, I don't know why this moment took so long to come, but it's come. This time has come. My time has come. My destiny is here. I am at the crossroads of immortality and oblivion and the only obstacle on the path that I want is you and you might be the man, but you're only a man. Me? I'm 15 years of longing and expectation. I'm 24 years of pain and sacrifice. I'm experience and intelligence and desperation and inevitability. Adam Cole, the 15th anniversary, Las Vegas. You cannot win that night. You cannot win. You cannot win. I can't let you win. I can't let you win because I cannot lose. The thought of losing, I can't let that happen. I can't.